Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So Dak Prescott is going to get $150 million from the Dallas Cowboys. And I really believe, is there a more overrated sports franchise than how about them Cowboys? If you get your feelings hurt easily, you might not want to listen to this podcast as we cut into some of your favorite teams and fan bases uh, on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay with Tom Jones, my former radio partner, longtime columnist of the Tampa Bay Times, now with the Pointer Institute. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. All right, Tom Jones joins us now. And, uh, Tommy, you know, I was thinking the other day when Dak Prescott Signed this enormous deal, right? Forty million dollars a year, some hundred and sixty million dollars on a four-year deal for a guy coming off a dislocated ankle and no playoff wins. Um, I really believe that Dak <laughs> Prescott, he's gonna, he's gonna win it all. For Boy, us. they painted themselves in a corner with this. Oh like, yeah, they did. I don't know what else they could have done. I look, Rick. I don't. I think he's a could have franchised him one more year. Could have franchised him one more year, but but he's a look. I don't think he's an elite quarterback. I think he's a pretty good quarterback. Unfortunately, in order to afford a pretty good quarterback, you or to have a pretty good quarterback, you have to pay him elite money. It's just you do the next guy that's right. The next guy that signs breaks the bank, right? I mean, that's how it always goes, right? And, and you overpay have- when you don't have another option, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not like there, like there are a lot of teams out there that need a quarterback, a lot. And the and the Cowboys have one, you know. Yeah, they think. Um. He's pretty good. I it's, don't know. Yes, and, and I, I so I get the money. I do elite, get the money. But... I do get it. The just, I don't think mm-hmm. he's worth it, but I think that's what you have to pay. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah this... he had, he had the leverage, and and I think that I, I I think Jerry Jones knew that, and if Jerry had played it right, rather than franchising him a year ago, he would have signed him to a long term deal, and it would have cost him a lot less money. Mm-hmm. That's and true. Uh, and now that you know Patrick Mahomes got his forty million, this guy is now. The second highest paid quarterback in the NFL. I mean, it's incredible. Um, you know, a couple of years ago he led the league in passing. They got some. They got some weapons. The thing I would ask you is, and it's just inevitable, right? That when a quarterback makes this kind of money, are you are you saying that he has to now win a Super Bowl to fulfill that sort? Of, in other words, do the expectations ramp up so high on Dak Prescott? that if the Cowboys don't win a Super Bowl in four years, this was a complete waste of time? I think so. I, I, now, I'm one to, uh, you know me, like I, I think championships are what matter at the end of the day when you're talking about legacies and all that. Now, I do agree that there is something about being relevant and being good. And if you give, if you're just in the running, that maybe that's enough. I think everybody mm-hmm. else's number is going to go up too. I mean, eventually other quarterbacks, someday, you know, Trevor Lawrence is going to make, Somebody's gonna make fifty million, then right. sixty million. Yeah, ever, yeah. That someday that contract's not gonna seem as right. I, you and I can remember back in the days when what Reggie oh. Jackson signed for a million dollars. Like, yeah, it's like a million Joe Montana was, made a million dollars. Yeah, they, and we all yeah. went crazy. Oh my gosh! And now it's mm-hmm. like, um, it's what you pay like your fifth receiver. But That's it's right. um, you know the 
uh, yeah, I think, I mean, this, you're the quarterback of the, of the Dallas Cowboys and you just got paid a ton of money after everybody's been talking about this for two years mm-hmm. and now you finally got it. And it's not all on him. I mean, the reason they haven't been very good the last couple of years is because their defense hasn't been great, at least That's up right. until he got hurt. Um, so, yeah, I think. It's really bad, actually. I mean, their offense is good um, to could be elite, but it's, you know, he can't. That's the thing. Like, is it fair to say, well, he's got to win a Super Bowl? Well, he doesn't, he doesn't play defense. Right. You know, like, he's one guy, but he's the most important guy. And, and yet I think when you give somebody that much money, um, the expectation is just that. He'll get paid again. Look, he'll be 31 when he's done with this deal. Oh, that's yeah. not very old. So you're going to have he's going to be revisiting another contract soon. Um but I just think, you know, I, I don't know what else they could have done even with his injury, even with everything else. I think they misplayed this. He had the leverage and and they signed him. Now, here's what I want to ask you because as you know, they've debated this thing until, you know, it's like like a high school laboratory frog. There's nothing left. I do not okay. know what get up and undisputed, and I don't know what they're going to talk about. I don't know what they're going to. What are they going to do? What yeah. is Skip Bayless for his thirty-two million dollars going to do? Can you believe that? By um, the way, just wrote just talking no. about contracts. No, that show, nobody watches that show. I don't. No, get I, why they? Somebody's watching. What do you mean nobody? Somebody has well, to be watching. Not that many. Not, I'm how, do you you justify, not, how do you justify $8 million a year for Skip Bellis? I and don't know. And, and how about the other thing? Was There was a bidding war, apparently. Apparently, ESPN was all in on him. They were. That's how he had. Le- he needed yeah. leverage in order to get that kind of money. You know what they're talking about? You, you'll probably think this is sacrilege. They're talking about a Skip Bayless debate show where he's like Judge Judy. <laughs> I guess. Are you with I've, me? I've heard this. Have you yes. heard this? <laughs> like, like he's going to sit up there. And he's going to decide who wins a debate show every day. You know what? Okay, just real quick while we're talking about Skip, and, and I, you know, you and I both, I think, feel the same. You know Skip. I mean, yeah, I, I, I've debated. Skip. You've debated. Skip. I've You've told you how that thing. holds. I've given you the pull back the curtain and tell you how that works, right? Right. Exactly. No, we, you have, and we will. T- yeah. You can tell that story again in a minute. But just real quick, you know, I as much as I, I think he's, I call him a putt, putt and pan banger and that means he just <laughs> pot and pan he, he just bangs pots and pans together just lot, to make yeah. a noise you know yep. he really doesn't believe half but i do admit this is the all-time this is one of the all-time greatest stats if we're doing stat of the day stat of the day here is, comes that what <laughs> stat of the day okay he has you know how many followers he has on twitter three million say three million yeah. three million you know how many people he follows on twitter Mm-mm. donut Bagel Come on. zero. He doesn't no fall. It's it's one of the all time great trolls you of all time. Be, you can't be serious. <laughs> he, look it up. He has he three follows million followers. Nobody. He follows zero. <laughs> that, so you got to admit, like that's pretty. That's scoreboard. that's pretty cool. That's scoreboard right there. <laughs> that is scoreboard. Like I don't, I don't care what you. anybody I says. I don't care what anybody. I don't care what anybody says about anything. But three million of people out there do care what I think. I just I do I do have mad respect for that. Anyway, that's pretty funny. That really is funny. Where were we? Um, so we're talking about talking about <clears throat> da- talking about Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott and his so at the, so at the end of, big deal. Yeah. yeah. So at the end of the day, um, here's here's what I think, and maybe you can come up with some examples yourself. And no disrespect if you're out there and you're a podcast fan of mine, but you're. If you're a Cowboys fan, I apologize in advance. Is there a sports franchise 
in North America, let's say, that is more overrated and overhyped and overdone than the Dallas football Cowboys. I, I know they wear the star in their helmets. Are you kidding me, man? They get the star in their helmets. You know, the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, man. All of that, right? How about them Cowboys? It was 25 years ago, right, that they were relevant. So could there be a more overrated sports franchise in North America than the Dallas Cowboys? I do not believe there is. I do not believe there is a more uh, overrated uh, achieved less yeah. for as much as we talk about them. And, you oh know, we joke. Gosh. I mean, obviously, they they do have – they draw interest. And those shows, oh, you know, yeah, shows like on, like Skip Bayless's show and like Get Up, and they talk about these guys just nonstop. But, okay, they won a Super Bowl in 1995. That was their last Super that's Bowl. Correct. Of course, that's the uh, – you know when they Is that fact, the Steelers? They, they beat the Steelers. Yeah, they, that was their in, third in Arizona, Super Bowl. I believe. Yeah, third Super Bowl in four years. Yeah, Neil O'Donnell. Mm-hmm. Had Steelers. Steelers had a chance to win that game late, and Larry Brown. Larry Larry Brown. Larry was Brown. Pick you know. Return. Couple of interceptions. Nineteen ninety five, Rick. Okay, that was that's a while ago. Okay, it's as old as my son. Yes, they have won one, two, three, four playoff games <laughs> since then. Four okay. playoff games. Now to put that in perspective. Okay, for a second. Four playoff games since 95, since their last Super Bowl. Uh, Tom Brady won four this year. This year. Yeah. He won as many as the Dallas Cowboys have won in 20, almost 26 years. They came back the next year, 96, won a wild card playoff game against the Vikings. Right. Then in 2009, won a wild card playoff game against the Eagles. Mm-hmm. 2014, won a wild card playoff game against the Lions. So I'm not even sure that counts, actually. If you're beating the Lions, and then 2018 beat the Seahawks. Now they did have a game where they probably should have beat the Packers and you know the Des Bryant game and all that. But whatever, four, four playoff wins since 1995. That's 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 incredible, right? For all the hype, for all the following, and there is a huge following. I get it. You know, ah, we're America's team, and you know we wear the we wear the star. Everything stadium's unbelievable. AT and T, the house of Jerry built. Jera, it's not Jerry, by the way, it's Jera. <laughs> um, but I mean, you're talking Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, like Michael Irvin, yeah. Have you seen those guys lately? No, I know they're old men. They are old. You know, um, it, it's just. It's been so long, and yet, and yet, they like you said, every show Get Up was laughing about. It. I was like, well, we don't know what we're going to talk about now. But so it, it just got me thinking. I don't. I think they're number one on the overrated scale. However, there has to be a number of others that maybe aren't the Dallas Cowboys, but okay already. You know what I mean? Like, well, I'll you- tell you. I'll tell you the team, the the franchise that absolutely drives me crazy. Fans. And I hate to admit it, like some of the media, not all the media, but some of the media, the yeah. Toronto Maple Leafs are insufferable at times, I think. is that and Now, they've gotten a little bit better lately. They, they sort of have a love-hate. They're like Leafs fans tend to have a love-hate relationship with, like, in, like with, with the team. People who are diehard fans are waiting for them to disappoint them. They haven't won a Stanley Cup since 1967, I want to say mm-hmm. this. That's back when there were 12 teams in the league. Right. So... They're, 
and they really haven't come that close. I think they've only been to one final since then. I want to. I I think that's right. They lost to. Uh, no, I'm not even sure they've been to a final since then. They went to the semifinals, the conference finals one year, and got beat by Gretzky. When they got, mm-hmm. then they did. They got screwed. They got a bad call in that series. Um, but like, they're the only like. If you criticize them, if somebody from outside, of, they just go crazy. Yeah. And everybody thinking Toronto is bigger and better and better than everything else. It's the epicenter of hockey. They think they invented the sport, and they mm-hmm. and they are insufferable. Now, here's the thing: this year they really are good. They actually this could be the year that they yeah. finally uh, that they finally break through. But they, a, I would put them up there as as an arrogance that is undeserved, undeserved you know? arrogance. But again, I mean, in Canada, with, with what that sport means to being in Toronto, I mean that comes with its own expectations right i mean oh yeah i mean look the it, mecca of hockey yeah and the fan the fan look i'm not saying the fans don't know the game they clearly do yeah and they, they deserve a better team quite and they're frankly. passionate about it right yeah. but they, they, there's this sense of they're always a little bit better and a little bit more important and this goes back to the cowboys this they're it's all people talk about uh who who you know who follow the game really close in canada it's all about the maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. i remember one time there were years ago, I was covering the Lightning, and I, we were in Canada. And I think my, I used to go on the road. I used to, buy, I used to bring the kids back stuff. On, you know, every couple of trips, I'd bring them something back. And I had I brought a Maple Leafs hat back for one of my kids. Just to, That's you know. pretty cool. I would, I would wear, I would wear yeah. that. So I, so I remember, and I'm trying to think which Lightning player. Well, I wish I could remember the player. I don't remember <laughs> who it is. But they said, uh, it might have been a guy by the name of Sean Chambers. I don't know if you remember Sean Chambers. Name's he funny. said, uh, I had a bag, and he's like, uh, what's in the bag? And I said, oh, I bought a hat for my kid. And he's like, well, let me see it. And I pulled it out, and he's like, are you freaking kidding me? And it wasn't like he was offended because he played for the Lightning, and I was buying a I, It was like any other franchise like you yeah. should buy. Yeah. You know, so and and I apologize if it wasn't Sean Chambers and it was somebody else, but it was like they were just incredulous. Like that team, and I remember a few years ago, Martin Fenley, uh, our old buddy, yeah. when he was working at the Tampa Tribune, wrote a column about just how sort of that undeserved arrogance and people. He just got. I mean, the media broadcasters from Toronto were just. Like, how dare you write the You realize what the Maple Leafs mean to the, you know, to the league. You know, that, there's a part of me that thinks that the league would be a lot of fun if they wanted to. If they were cop. good. Yeah, if they really. Not, and like I said, they are this year. Like, this, yeah. could be, this could be the year. And I remember a few years ago when Stamkos, uh, there, were, there were a lot of rumors about him. And I even wrote the call. I'm like, yeah, he might go back to Toronto. And people were like, there were a lot of people in Toronto. Like, of course he's coming back here. Why, why wouldn't he? And he didn't, and people and then people lost their minds that he wouldn't come back. You know? At the time, I thought you had the best analysis, which was, "Hey, if he goes to Toronto and walks down the street, he can't be alone. He can't, you know, he's going to be hounded like you're playing for the Maple Leafs. But in Tampa, which was a good hockey organization, he can still be Stephen Stamkos. Like he'd be mobbed up there. Oh yeah, yeah, he, yeah. You can't, you can't go. Not everybody get wants coffee. that." Right, not everybody. Yeah. Not everybody. And, I, and there were, like, a few years ago, they signed John Tavares, who and there was a famous picture of him, like in Toronto Maple Leafs PJs, you know, laying in bed. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's everybody, everybody just assumed, like, oh, of course, Stamkos is coming back too. But it's, uh, I would put them, and it, is there any other? 
I'll give you one that, it, it, and, and people will jump on me about this, and it, it, it may seem like I'm being a homer, but I'm not because I don't, I don't care. But yeah, right. I think Red Sox fan, mm-hmm. and the Red Sox in general, like, and look, they've been they've had a good baseball team for a number of years. They're kind of down right now, I suppose. You know, they got um, Heim Bloom up there now, I guess, is their GM. So they're taking some of the Rays' ideas and spreading them around. And but there was a time there where, you know, they did win a few World Series, but it just seemed like, come on, already, you didn't invent the game. You know, like the Yankees have more than you guys, right? Well, <laughs> so, I got, I got annoyed that. Like Red Sox fans used to be okay until they won, and I until, when, they, until they won, yeah. when they won it in two thousand four, it was kind of it was. I remember my kids watching that series and getting a little cool. excited. It yeah, they cool. came back against the Yankees. You know, they had, and I actually liked that team a little. I bit. did Johnny too. and you know, and I remember thinking as I went to bed last night, I'm like, and I called it. I'm like, these people are going to be impossible to deal with in the next. <laughs> like you had won one since nineteen eighteen, right. and now you invented the game. Yeah, right. I guess though the winners get to tell the story, right? I, they, winners write history, I, I suppose. Winners write history, and yeah, losers lament, as, right. uh, as I've been told. And so. I'm trying to think any other, and they, uh, that's a good one. That would be a good one. Now I'll tell I you another know. organization that's going to be bad over the next couple of years, and I because and I, I, I experience it is Pittsburgh fans are going to be. Yeah, the Steelers are about to go through those lean times that they haven't which expected. They really I haven't think. had. They really haven't had them. You know, they they were good in the 70s. They had a brief time there in the mid-80s, like sort of the post-Bubby Brister before Neil O'Donnell. But when you think of Neil, post-Neil O'Donnell, you think about Slash, when you think about some of the quarterbacks they had before But even with Slash, they've got to an AFC championship game. They did. Cordell Stewart. But you're right. But they've never fallen off the the map. They've never gone 2-14. And And I'm not saying they're going to go 2-14 coming up they probably won't Tomlin's never had a losing season no but they're they that could be coming next year and the and the thing is like there are still people like there are guys that i went to high school with and i love them they still got terry bradshaw jerseys like i've never seen <laughs> a city live in the past they all the way- wear jerseys by the way like there are cities that it's like it doesn't matter how old you are you go to the game you have to wear a jersey. You have period. to wear a jersey. Well, here's the problem, and I, and I'm not making fun of them because I'd probably be the same way. Those guys, they wear they wear those Bradshaw jerseys or Joe Green or Jack Lambert or Jack Hammer or whatever. They wear those jerseys. It's the same jersey they had when they were 22, but it now they're fit 50. as well. It doesn't yeah. fit anywhere near as well because they used to weigh 160 pounds. Then now they weigh 260. That's right. But now that they shirt, can actually fill it out. That shirt is, oh, it's. I mean, that's the one and the two on the back. That 12 <laughs> is stretched as far as it's going to go. Like, that's right. They're, yeah. they're about to turn into the Incredible Hulk in a minute and, and exactly. that thing in from the back. So. Yeah. Now, that's, now that that's, we've burned everybody, Rick. I yeah, mean, so we hate everybody, <laughs> um, every fan base. But now the Cowboys, I mean, I, I'm, I mean, the record is what it is. I mean, it, it is true that, uh, you know, they just got a billion followers. I mean, they got a billion fans. It's it's uh, it's it's like nothing you've ever seen. If you if you're in the um, if you're in the internet business, right? If you cover uh, ESPN.com, for example, like I remember talking to them years ago uh, about you know their website and they had a writer in every city and everything. And they're like, look, it doesn't matter if the Cowboys are good or not. They lead like like by far. We get the most hits. It doesn't you know. It doesn't. They're the Cowboys. It doesn't matter. 
Carolina that year, I think when I talked to them, had gone fifteen and one to the Super Bowl. Couldn't get couldn't get anybody to follow them online at ESPN.com. You know, look, all the teams we're talking about, like the Steelers and the Cowboys and the Red Sox and the Maple Leafs, mm-hmm. like they they draw huge traffic numbers. They draw big TV oh, yeah. numbers when they're on national. I mean, there's huge. a reason why Hockey Night in Canada basically Hockey Night in Canada is basically like here's the Maple Leafs on Saturday night, you know, and right. the whole country the whole country watches, you know. Right. Right. So no, they have great followings and passionate fans, and they they you know huge metroplexes for the most part, and that's that's why they have the followings and 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 many in many ways it's 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 earned. But and and most of those teams have great histories too. But um, for the current, like for modern day, I just you know and look, I it, I don't know that Dak's going to win one in the next four years. I don't know. I really don't know, but. It's now, do you fun. think? Don't you? Don't you get a sense? And I, and I, 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 this may not be fair to Dak, but the idea that um, he, you know, that we're talking about Dak and his and his contract. Do we make Dak out to be better than he is because he plays for the Cowboys? Because I used to get a sense there were years ago where there were players who played for the Maple Leafs who were really good players, for example. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a guy who listens to our who follows you and me on Twitter, a guy by the name of Buck North. I you know, I think his name's Greg. He can he can attest to this. Like there were years there were Curtis Joseph, he's the best goalie in the league. Like, well, he was really good. I'm not sure he was the absolute best, but because he played in Toronto, we thought of him as the best. Do we get that way with Dak? I mean, do we think Dak is do we do we rate yeah. Dak higher than he is just because he plays for the Cowboys? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, you know, I think there's something about playing center field for the Yankees and quarterback for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I just, I just think that those positions, you know, garner a lot. And now maybe it's shortstop for the Yankees. Those positions just garner more attention because of what it, what you represent. You're more than just, you know, they're paying Dak Prescott not just to perform but to be a brand. You know, he's everything you want in that. I mean, you know, you think of the Cowboys, you think of Roger Staubach. You know what I mean? Uh, you know. That guy, well, you know what I find right? interesting too is it's speaking of quarterbacks and brands and all that. Fox's number one analyst on their game is Troy Aikman. The, That's you know, right. Um, That's right. CBS's number one analyst is Tony Romo. Tony Romo, very and, good and, analogy. Oh, and for years, ABC Monday Night Football, Dandy Dandy Don, Don Meredith, Meredith, who was yeah. a Cowboys quarterback. Those aren't accidents. Right. Those are not accidents. They have huge followings and and credibility, and and um, they played for America's team, and there's nothing like it. And I, I, you know, if I was an NFL player and, and you know, there's 32 teams and it was, uh, there's a lot of teams I would rather not play for than, than the Cowboys would be high on my list. Sure. I'd put on that helmet with a star. I'd watch those cheerleaders and, and the place go crazy, you know. And and, the cheerleaders have their own show, man. <laughs> that's right. My wife do. watches it. It's, they do. Uh, yeah. They make it every year. Making they have the, tryouts. Making the, the making team. Of the, yeah. of the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, man. <laughs> Yeah. It's it's heavy duty. It's and in football in Texas is nuts anyway. But um, I get it. Like I I do get cowboy football, but man, they kind of you know maybe you need to win something once in a while. Well, and know. you I, just wonder when when the statute of limitations runs out because there there does come a time where people who are who are watching the product, who are watching the games, watching the pregame shows, and I say this all the time, not to pick on some of these guys who are really good. But if I'm if I'm watching like the Fox pregame show and I see Terry Bradshaw and Howie Long and uh, 
whoever else, you know, or the CBS show with Bill Cowher. Like, it's been a minute since those guys played. It has. Or been. coached. It like, has. I don't, I don't know those guys. I didn't, if you're, and that's a good example right there about, okay, Jimmy Johnson, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I know Barry Switzer took over one year and won with Jimmy's team. But, like, Jimmy Johnson represents the last time the Cowboys were good. He's he's getting up there, man. Well, he's, yeah, he went on and coached another team, and then, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, he's been out a minute, okay? Mm-hmm. That's that's how old it's, you know, it's how long it's been since the Cowboys were great. Really great. Right. So, all right, let's wrap it up on this. Uh, in baseball, I was uh, read a story about Blake Snell talking about the baseballs this year and how the seams are very high which helps the pitchers, obviously, with spin rate and cutting the ball and stuff. And, oh, by the way, because of, I guess, physics, it's not going to travel as far. Where do you stand on baseball altering baseballs? Rick, there's there's an issue, and I hate to sound like when I was a, when I was a young guy, mm-hmm. you know, baseball was better because mm-hmm. we sound like our dads. Our dads used to say that all the time. That's right. Know, that baseball was better than it is today. Yep. However, I have come around to the to the um, realization, Rick, and it's not I'm not the first one to think of this, but it's it is it's become home run derby. It's either yep. you can either hit a home run or you strike out. Strike a feast or phantom, yeah. And You're and it's and hit. I don't know. You know, it's funny. Like I I've, I told I think I've told you before. Like I've. I've been playing stratomatic baseball during the pandemic. That's the one thing I've like picked up again. <laughs> Can't and believe I'm, you're you're yeah. You're actually owing up to that again. I am, and I you know, and I'm replaying <laughs> the nineteen. So sad man. So, it's That's the so pandemic. Sad. Where am I going, man? I don't go. I can't go out to my favorite bar and have a I beer. I don't with know, Joe but stratomatic. I mean, stratomatic is even like twenty. I mean, that's like I guess nostalgia wise, maybe that's no. That they still put out new games. What are you talking? Do you about? still play Mattel talking football? Where you put the little? If I had it, and, I would. Yes. <laughs> How about electric football? Electric about football. Tell me that wasn't the worst game. The that was the worst game ever, right? Electric. How do you complete a pass in this damn game? I never understood it. What are they doing? I don't know what they're doing. Electric football was the one game that there <laughs> never was your interest in playing higher than right before you played it, and never was your interest lower than when you were actually playing it. <laughs> when you actually hit a play. It, that, yeah. Nobody ever played more than three plays of electric football because no. that's one of those games like you with your buddy come over and like it's raining yeah. out or snowing yeah and they're like hey, you want to do hey, electric football let's play electric football yeah and you get it out and truly within three plays you're like uh, this what else we because got? one side has to set up 11 players on every play and the other side has to set up 11 players on every play and invariably they all run to the sideline they all do the same thing yeah which makes no a, sense but, but yeah. uh i don't even remember where we were going with this story at, me um, either <laughs> we're talking about we're talking about games. Oh, you're talking about Stratomatic. So, okay. So the point being is looking back and replaying the 1977 Stratomatic baseball season. The number, like, and I'll just use this example, like the number of stolen bases back in the in those days were way up, right? Were way up and small ball and moving guys over and that that the, that's not the game anymore. You know, and I I had um, my my best friend growing up that I still talk to him all the time. And he absolutely hates the shift. He thinks the league should ban the shift. Mm-hmm. And I was always been of like, that. no, like you got nine guys, put them where you want. If you don't want to hit it at him, don't hit it at him. Figure out a way not to hit it right at a guy. Way. If right. he's playing in short right field and you're a left-handed batter and they got, mm-hmm. they got a guy playing where he shouldn't be standing and you hit it right to him, that's your fault. Like we shouldn't, you know, penalize guys because they know where you're going to hit it. Right, but I'm starting to come around on a little bit, Rick. I, it's this this um, 
feast or famine, home run derby. Mm-hmm. I, and it, clearly the league's like trying to figure out a way to sort of, I think they're trying to figure out a way. How do we cut down on home runs? And they're do- and now they're messing with the baseball. I don't know. Yeah. You're you're a baseball guy. A lot of people. I know you covered football your whole life. But you're a baseball guy. You played it. Your dad grew up with yeah. it. Yeah. I I don't know how you I feel it. about it. I just don't. I, I I don't think. I think it's too late to put the kind of the genie back in the bottle. In other words, I think that that the mentality of the game has changed to where um, players who grow up now. Um, don't worry about striking out. You know, strikeouts are not considered a bad thing, right? Hitting into a double play is considered a bad thing. They'd rather you stand up there and swing as hard as you can. You know, we used to, when we would get two strikes on us, we would we did anything but strike out. Right. Like, I just wanted, you know, two strikes, guard the plate, put it in play, choke make contact, yeah. do something, choke up, right? You, the last thing you want to do is strike out. Now it's like, nope, strike one, I took the biggest cut I could. Strike two, took the biggest cut I could. Strike three, took the biggest cut I could. <laughs> and there, there's no adjustment. It's like, no, nah, I don't care if I put the ball in play, but if I do, I'm going to try to hit it over that wall. you know. Right. And then launch angles and all that. I mean, the game is it's about velocity. It's about velo coming off the bat. You know, off Those the are bat, the stats the now. Mound. Those are the stats that people – like when you and I were growing up, and again, I hate, the, I hate how my that day. sounds coming out of my yeah. mouth. Yeah. But right. at the same – like batting average used to mean something. Like, of course it did. There are guys now who play in the league regularly, regu- like play regularly every day, who hit like 201. And you live with it. Because, well, because he might hit you 25. Great gloves, catcher, whatever. Mike Zanino. Mike Zanino is one of those guys. One of the like, worst hitters I've ever seen. That, and he, and we used to make it. fun of guys for hitting 200. We called it, remember yeah. the, men, oh, he's sitting at the, Mendoza below the Mendoza line. line. Yeah, Mario We made fun of guys like that. And now it's like, I don't even know, I don't even know who won. I used to be able to tell you every year who won the batting title and what they hit. Right. You know, guys were hitting 370, 360, 340. I don't, I don't even know what the batting, how many guys even hit 300 anymore, you know? Right. And again, I don't mean to sound like, but at the same time, as I'm yelling people to get off my lawn, I do think there's clearly a problem because people aren't watching the game the way they used to. And, and there's got to be a reason. Like, and it's not as entertaining. It's slow. It's, um, you know, strike a lot of pitches. Guys are up there taking their hacks. They're, not taking their walks or not stealing base. I remember remember when um again, you know, the old guy but 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 thirty the thirty thirty club was a thing. Oh yeah. If you hit thirty home runs and stole thirty bases, you know, you were a monster. Right. And now that just doesn't happen. So I think deadening the baseball, I don't know see, I don't know that that's gonna do accomplish what they want. Because if, if what you're looking for are more balls in play, I think what you're gonna get instead, um is is less scoring and more outs, perhaps. You know, some of those home runs are going to be caught in, in right field. I I don't know that they're going to. I, I don't know that they're going to put the ball in play more because it's dead. I think it's going to be less. You know, and maybe they're trying to encourage players not to just go up there and try to swing from their heels because they can't hit it out every time. But I I, I don't I don't like I don't like the game. I don't like base because that's what my dad. You know, bless his soul. Um, he died in 2004, but he used to tell me, "Rick, something's wrong. Something." I, I've seen this guy, this second baseman. He's got 50 home runs. There's no way. I've seen him hit it out to right field. There's no way. There's no. And I would go, "Oh, it's the conditioning, Dad. You don't even understand. You sound yeah, like you guys the old didn't guy. even lift when you learned. Get off my lawn because you you didn't. You guys had a job working at the dog track so you could make <laughs> ends meet until you got back to spring training. You know, you know what you're talking about, right? 
And he was right, though. He was right, and mm-hmm. it turned out to be steroids, right? He would also say that baseball is not right. Those, those baseballs are juice. There's, there's no, and I think that has occurred as well. So I'm just tired of the game deciding, oh, you know what, this year we're going to deaden the ball. Oh, you know what, this year we could use the home runs, let's liven it up a bit. It just seems so. Yeah, we've been through it all before. I mean, back in the you know they low they lowered the uh, raised the mound, mound and then, it, the then mound. guys were having ERAs with like you know Bob Gibson was striking out a thousand people a game. We're like okay, right. we got to stop this. Right. And then uh, and then there was that there was that other time back when remember the remember the old commercial. What I, I guess it was Smoltz. Chicks did the chicks, long ball. Chicks dig the long ball. Well, uh, there's no question. A steroids and B they they juice the ball up. You know. Yeah. But they, I don't know. It's just these the the way the game is played now. Really, it truly is. It's it's everybody goes up there trying to hit a home run. If they don't, mm-hmm. it's okay. They strike out, you know, two hundred times a season, and mm-hmm. it's I don't know. I I I'm not sure how to fix. I know college baseball a few years ago deadened they the bats. Deadened the bats. But I, you know what? I I applauded that mm-hmm. for this reason, and that is those bats. Number one were weapons. Because yeah, if, if you hit one hot off of one, you can destroy a guy on the mound like for forever, uh, if not an infielder. And number two, you know, it was hard for these guys to adjust to the wooden bats, um, and hard for scouts a little bit to evaluate guys because you could hit with those aluminum bats the way they were constructed back in the day. You could handle one. You hit one off the hands for a line drive. Right. And and so you would you would wind up swinging the bat differently because there was no physical punishment, no bees as we would call them. If you if you you know if you have a wooden bat and did that, it would break off in your hands. Yeah, you're picking up toothpicks. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, with but with the aluminum bat, it was a it was a bloop double to left, you know, over the third baseman's head, and I just felt like that that was not a good thing. As as of course the danger of of lacing one off those bats and them just going you know, through the infielder or through the pitcher's uh, head. So, you know, I was kind of glad that they – because I, I thought, well, at least it's more of a – it's closer to the major league game, you know, because they're not – you wouldn't use aluminum bats in a major league game. Um, but I don't know. To me, in major league baseball, to, to to mess with the ball and change the game, change the numbers, change change everything, it's it just, you know, I don't know. It seems weird to me. It's – I don't know if it's going to accomplish what they want to do, but I, I know they're trying to to find a happy medium there, but it just seems weird. Okay, what do we got going on at uh, Pointer.org this week? Uh, Hopefully the newsletter? The, well, yeah, the, I mean, I've been writing about the Royal, that interview the other day. Been oh, my gosh, we haven't even talked about yeah, that. Yeah, what an interview that was. I thought Oprah was just brilliant. She's She is so good at interviewing people. The, the way she gets them to relax and then she circles back and just when you think there were a couple moments where i'm like oh, you have to ask she her didn't about follow up. this yeah and then 2 minutes later she'd follow up with that question and it, you could tell it was a tactic like okay i'm not going to push him or her on this now but i'll come back to it and i don't know anybody who asks as difficult questions as her in such a way where people will tell i i would have why tell do her people anything. tell oprah everything because I, you know what it is. I, I, I think I've learned a secret. Is it really does come off like a conversation. Yeah, it really does yeah. look like. It really does feel like you're you're just talking. You to forget her. about the cameras. You're just talking yeah. to her. And I do think. I mean, obviously, the you know Harry and Meghan are trying to get their message out. 
you know. Oh, as, they had an. Well. They came with axe to grind. There's no sure, doubt about absolutely. That. And I, I, there were a lot of people who pushed back on me, like, "Why are you writing about this?" And I'm like, "Look, this isn't just about like rich people complaining about other rich people. I mean, there's a deeper story here about race, about how the media oh, the covers monarchy. race. Yeah. You know the. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I, I was, I was, I was super impressed with Oprah. I think I think that was part of it. And also too, there was something she did. I don't know if you, I don't know if you watched the interview, but I was really impressed. When so she talked to Megan for the first hour and then Harry came out for the next hour and you could see Harry was on like very defensive right to start. And she's Mm -hmm. like, thanks for joining us. He's like, thank you. And you could tell he was like, really like, oh, my gosh, we're we're about to get into this. And I'm and he was needed to be really careful. And the first thing she said was, so you're having another baby. And he immediately, you could see him in his chair, just, just relaxed, relaxed. And then she did talked about that for two minutes and then bam, we call that a softball in the business, Tommy. Well, and that, you know what? And there you go. That's an example. Like there were, I can remember years ago where when I covered and there are people talk about, boy, you must've hated covering John Tortorella. I loved John Tortorella. He was truly good to deal with and he treated the local media really well particularly the beat writers like he actually unusually treated the beat writers better than he treated columnists you know like people who are there every single day he mm-hmm. really respected and he also treated the locals better than the national media which is often the That's opposite rare. of what coaches do but no matter what and eric erlins and i who and eric covered the lightning for the tribune when i was there at the times we finally realized burn the first question the first question was going nowhere so you could no matter come up who with the, asked it, or? no matter who asked it, no matter how good it was, he was going to poop all over it. That was just <laughs> so you burned one, and everybody would get. We would actually, Eric and I would form a plan. Like, okay, I'm going to start off, and this is the first question. Nobody, nobody wants to know. Like, for example, like, hey, nobody's asking about Fedotenko tonight, right? <laughs> so we would burn a question about Fedotenko. He'd poop all over it, and then we're like, okay, now the interview starts. You know, <laughs> so and you know that too. Like, when a coach comes into the room, whether it was Dirk or you know, Lovey or now BA or whatever. Um, you don't have you don't hammer right out of the gate like why'd you guys screw up this or that or what you know. It's Unfortunately not everybody in the not press everybody have, has learned that. <laughs> a, you're always a, you're always uh I can remember there was a writer, I won't give his name, um, but he got into this thing and, and uh, Gruden didn't particularly care for any of us, I don't think, but especially when they were losing. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. But uh, he, he got into this question where the question was longer than it needed to be, and and he kept repeating the phrase, "Hey, hey, John, you 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 guys are are, are four and eight, and and you know you you know uh, last year and so and you haven't been four and eight, but now you." So about the third time in his question, he used the word four, the term four and eight. Gruden just looked at him and goes, "You like saying that, don't you? Four and eight. <laughs> And that was like the first question of the press conference, uh, right? 
And it was just like, it was over from there. Like, none of us could ask anything that was ever going to get a good response. You it know? just kills the vibe. It kills yeah, the vibe. Yeah, there's a, you know, that, I think that's why, who was the old lady that used to ask the first question of the of the, uh, of the Helen president? Thomas. Helen, Helen Thomas. Thomas from uh, UPI. Yeah. yeah, they'd always go to Helen Thomas because they knew that whatever Helen Thomas asked, even if it was a tough question, no one was going to get mad at her. Right. You know, I bet you know. I actually met Helen Thomas one time. We were in Washington. Did you really? I was working for the Tribune back then, and I was it was covering lightning. We were in Washington. That been so cool. Tim Buckley, who was working for the, you yeah. remember Tim? He worked. He yeah. covered the lightning for the got Tampa a note Bay from Times. him the other day. As a matter of fact, no kidding. Yeah. So I haven't talked to Tim forever. Oh no, have, maybe that was Damian Cristadero, wrong hockey writer. My bad. Well, it was before. So before, well before Damian. So uh, Tim Buckley and I were covering the lightning. And we were uh, we we went over to the White House, and it was like late in the day, and it was winter time. We were just walking around, and all of a sudden, out of the press gate, and this is like when you can walk right up yeah. to the White House, and uh, here Not comes more. Uh, <laughs> so here comes Helen Thomas walking out, and Timmy was so wild. Team says to me, he goes, "Hey, there's Helen Thomas," and she came walking through, and she was like never. She was going a hundred miles an hour walking. And we said, hey, and Tim, I think Tim was the one saying, so he goes, hey, Miss Thomas. And she goes, hey, boys. And she just, <laughs> she called us for, hey, you boys. Hey, you boys. How you doing, boys? Exactly. It just kept on. It was, it was awesome. I wouldn't want it any other way. And we actually, oh, two Tim great. and I, and I was thinking about this recently, Tim and I were um, covering, we were in St. Louis covering lightning. We were at a morning skate. And what used to happen, like for a lot of um, teams, They'll hire. Uh, they would go by the work pool, like in you know, in a city or whatever, and hire guys to just you know pick them up and and come work as like sort of day laborers, you know, cleaning up. And mm-hmm. so these guys were washing the windows, like washing the glass, and at the uh, hockey rink, at the rink, you know, and they were you know had the squeegees out and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm looking at this guy, and I'm like, and I looked at Tim, I'm like, that dude looks like Leon Spinks, man. No way. And Tim goes, he. He does, and I and I'm like, and there's like, there's no way. Hey man, anybody ever tell you you look like Leon Speaks? Well, we the more we looked at him, the more we're thinking like, I think that's him. Nah, it can't be him. Why would he be here? You know. Right. And all of a sudden, another guy noticed. He goes, "Hey, you talking about the champ, right? That's the champ right there." And Whoa. sure enough, it was Leon Speaks, and he had obviously Whoa. he had he had come on hard times and and needed money. Um, but he That's was crazy. Ended up writing, we ended up, Tim and I both wrote a story about it for our papers for that day. And we talked, you know, and this, you know, this was, he just passed away. What? Yeah. Let's say within the last couple of months, mm-hmm. um, maybe the last month or so, but he was, yeah, he was, he was there. No, you know, no missing his front teeth looked like, and it just as nice as guy, just the, you know, great. So what a great story. One yeah. day we'll have to talk about the people you meet <laughs> when you're covering Covering sports for the Tampa Bay Times or whatever uh, around the country, all the many travels we've had. We had to talk about this to wash the taste. See, I feel like, you know, how like uh, you have like a, an uncle come over to the house, like or, like if you uh, or a grandparent will come over and rile the kids up and then leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I feel like that's what we did on this podcast. We like basically dumped all over Cowboys fans, Red Sox, <laughs> Maple Leafs, Steelers. But now I go back to Pointer. And you got to keep doing the podcast, and everybody's going to yell at you for the next. Uh, We're the crazy uncle that, uh, that that you now can't ask to leave if you want right. to if you want to listen to this podcast. I no, came. Every, I gave. I basically gave sugar. I gave him a bunch of candy bars. That's right. And now now we all got cavities. Like now you can go home. And now I'm going home. Yeah. But everybody loves it when you're on, and we love it. And so I mean, uh, it, you know, we just have so many stories we can tell. But uh, 
So look for Tom's uh, newsletter in uh, pointer.org and uh, Katie Kirk's new book and (laughs) all the things that are coming um, with with that and and Joe Biden's dog. We just talked about a lot of things (laughs) the last two days. So great talking to you, Tommy. Have uh, Have a great week. I'll see you next week. All right, buddy. My thanks to Tom Jones. Free agency continues. We'll get you all updated with that. Check it out on TampaBay.com and the Tampa Bay Times for Steve Burstick. I'm Rick Stroud, the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.